The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Good to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you can find us different ways. Do so on the stream, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that channel. Doesn't cost you a thing. Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow if you want to watch. We're, of course, statewide, different stations carrying us. Here on Hale Varsity Radio. Number to get in at 489-1240. 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Email chris at halevarsity.com. Elijah at herdadsports.com where you can find him and uh, get your comments in. Uh, Chris says, what's up? I assume he's doing the old uh, throwback Budweiser commercial tone. Or he's just saying, what's up? Good to see you, Chris. In the stream, plenty to get into. We'll talk big picture look at Nebraska football from a national writer with the Sporting News. Bill Bender going to join us in about 20 minutes. We wish Brandon Vogel the best. Vogues is uh, getting better, getting back at it. We need to send Vogues a whole gallon of hot and sour soup. Uh, to get healed up. Gary Barnett with us at 5 o'clock. Danny Burke, Burke's best bets. We'll get some NFL thoughts from Danny moving forward. Husker basketball is a real issue. As many of you watched last night, social media was on fire uh, as far as just the, the level of angst towards Big Red basketball. Got home, watched the first half, said, Uh, As Cousin Eddie put it this time of year, many moons ago, that's a real nice surprise, Clark. Uh, But the the gift turned into coal in the second half as Nebraska got, well, dominated. They got outfought. This team showed zero, absolutely zero grit. We'll talk about it. Get your thoughts as well. Husker Volleyball onto the Elite Eight. They whacked Georgia Tech. That's a good thing. In uh, surgical fashion, as Coach Cook and his team does often, death taxes Nebraska in the Elite Eight for volleyball. But Hoops has got a ways to go. Who's kicking us off? Doug is on the line. Doug, thanks for calling. Go for it. Are we talking volleyball or football? Uh, we were going to hit some hoops because that was a that was a disgusting display last night. But what do you want to talk about? Oh, well, I just quickly... I, I'm a little upset about Nebraska not looking hard in the portal for some $500,000 guards and tackles. How can they put it all on Purdy and Heinrich? I mean, it'd be like walking around back there barefoot in glass. <laughs> I mean, you got to say the offensive line didn't really help them out either, and everybody's dumping on the quarterback. Well, Doug, I'll say this. Doug, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think the line got better? I think you and I and and Elijah, we have a a standard of offensive line play. There's different eras, but uh, the go-to standards, what won championships and won it physically. This is a a different era. Nebraska 
I think has some talent on the offensive line, and I think they're moving the right direction uh, with the offensive line. Is it dominant? No, it's not Michigan's offensive line. It's not Ohio State's offensive line. So to your point, when it comes to investments, yeah, the, the lines of scrimmage are, are where you go. What I will say is I think the development phase of some of the guys they have available on the offensive line, you're going to be pleased with sooner rather than later. Well, exactly. But, I mean, still, I never hear anything about that. It's all how great the defensive line was and how terrible the quarterbacks are. And I think it's just like you really need to look at center and the guards and tackles. To they got to be able to do something to give the guys at least a little hole. To run through. Well, Doug, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. And I think this kind of this is not an indictment on your question at all. But can you name me some of the top offensive linemen that are in the portal this cycle? Well, no. It, not it, my job to look for them, but well, I know I wouldn't be paying a million and a half for a quarterback. I'm just saying the, the quarterback is the position. If I was pretty Heinrich. I just give the one finger salute and be out the portal. I, mean, I think there's I been think a, it's even close to being fair. I think there's enough conversation going on where uh, the, the guys that are here know what's expected and they'll, they'll have a shot. I, I, I get Doug that you're a little apprehensive on the trust part of things, picking the right quarterback because that didn't go well, the way it went last like year. It's all pretty absurd to me, but well, again, different time but still the teams that kick our butts do it the way we used to do it 30 years ago so what do you think of that huh i think you're right i, I think, think you gotta, uh, you gotta be able to do it i think doug's comment it's yeah. all pretty absurd to me welcome to the new era of yeah, college that's, football that's what it is <laughs> nfl like yeah, doug exactly. appreciate right, your phone thanks. call man thanks yeah. for dialing up 489-1240 to get in and one thing i'll say is just because it hasn't been reported that nebraska's been reaching out to portal offense i mean the question i asked was not supposed to be a gotcha to Doug what what no. Port Offense line it's just the way the news cycle kind of works good ones are staying or they're going to the league good ones are staying they're going to the league and hey if you're in the portal guess what offensive line names aside from a couple every single year are not sexy well no and, it, it, and like like we, just, we would, just because it's not being reported doesn't mean Nebraska is not exploring those options it just means that it's not a sexy name that's going to get reported upon you know if that makes sense and like no, it does it and does. last year there were guys in the portal that were some sexier names in the offensive line who's the kid for Oklahoma that that was looking like he was in it at, at Nebraska and then went to Oklahoma. The the, the tackle uh, Rouse. Yeah, Rouse, Rouse is. Yeah, Nebraska tried to get Rouse last year. They did for twenty four hours. Right, and and Rouse <laughs> probably got hooked up with the old Sooner uh, Sooner gift basket legally this time. And Rouse, Oklahoma's got a lot of left tackles playing in the NFL. <laughs> okay, Nebraska's last NFL tackle uh, was Richie Incognito. Well, excuse me, Hymas. Got to give Hymas and Searles a little love, obviously. But you see my point. Like, all pro, I mean, it's been it's been forever. So you got to get back. It's been 10 years mm-hmm. for Nebraska to routinely well, put guys uh, or a group of guys in the league. Hymas is the last to, to go. And uh, the kid out of South Dakota, too. Uh, Farniak. Oh, yeah, yeah, Farniak, yeah, as well. Um, but like, I'm, Gates. I'm looking back to just last year, though, with Nebraska getting guys in the transfer portal on the offensive line with Jacob Hood. You didn't really hear the name until he was committed, announced he's going to be coming to Nebraska. And, and Jacob Hood and, needs a lot of work, and he's been putting the work in. And Tyler Kanak. You didn't hear about him until, oh, he puts it on Twitter. He's going to be a Cornhusker next year. The offensive line, just simply put, isn't the sexy headline for mm-hmm. whatever reporter out there. 
So just because it's not in the news cycle doesn't mean Nebraska's not going after those guys, A. And B, I think there's also some confidence in what Riola did last season with his offensive line that Nebraska doesn't feel like they need a, a complete reset of their offensive line room. Maybe you'll go pick up a guy if there's interest. Mutual well, you interest, went and got Scott last year. He was pretty good for you. Yeah, and it, and it filled an instant need. But, again, that was something that, you know, his mom put it up on Facebook. And, oh, I guess Ben Scott. Let's look into him. What's he doing? It wasn't reported up until it happened. So that's kind of the, the, the way of the world with the offensive linemen. They're the big uglies. They're not the sexy names. Just because it's not out there does not mean Nebraska's not well, talking to kids. Well, let me ask you this. Where, where's, where is there an instant need on this football team? It's probably quarterback. Maybe wide receiver. Wide receiver and linebacker. And mm-hmm. who who do you think is, is an inst- where on the offensive line is there an instant need? You're going to have Scott back. You got Evans Jenkins at guard. You got Lutowski at the other guard spot. You got uh, a spot, either guard or tackle, right tackle maybe. That is if Ben Hart doesn't come back for, um, for the offensive line. Uh, you got Teddy P. And then you got some young guys that have been grinding away. Uh, some that have been in the program longer than others, but you've you've not had a lot of attrition on the offensive line. You actually kept your offensive line in the room the last two years, and they've been getting trained up. They've been getting some practice time. So let's see. Uh, lo and behold, if if you limit your attrition on the lines of scrimmage, they stick, they stay, they get watered, they get fed and watered. And then they get better. They get bigger. Should we get back into this at 525? I think we had yes. plans to, to lead off with Husker basketball. Yeah. We pre- Great phone call. Grant Bricks. Yes, there we go. Get Dale us, Phillips. Get us, get us a little off topic here, but I do want to talk Husker basketball. I do too. And, and we're going to get heavy into hoops right now. Uh, basketball is, it, it's the old moment maybe you had as a teenager <laughs> or, or you've had as a, a dad or a grandfather where you have the the sit down where you're absolutely pissed and livid at your uh, your son grandson daughter whatever the case may be or you've been on the receiving end of that are you mad or are you disappointed and Creighton was super disappointing because they just came in did what they do and they're going to do that to a lot of teams so Nebraska fans left PBA Sunday disappointed they turned off BTN last night mad. And they're mad. Not only did you blow a 17-point lead to a team that didn't have their best player, but it's always this way with Nebraska fans. It's how you did it. And this team looked soft. They looked passive. They looked disinterested. And even raising their hands. Even trying to put up a fight once momentum flipped to Minnesota. And it's inexcusable. A loss like that last night, and I'm not saying do not confuse this. I like Fred Hoiberg. I hope Fred wins. And I hope Fred gets to a tournament game. I like him as a coach. He's a good coach. He's not getting his guys to play where they need to play. They didn't last night in that second half. That loss gets you fired because it turns things into a snowball, right? You've got a stretch here. Your strength of schedule is garbage until you met up with Creighton. You got league play. You got K-State looming. You got Sparty coming in that's wounded. Last night's loss turns things into a tailspin where you do not get right, and then you're fighting uphill to get relevant and on the bubble. That's a bubble burster as early as it is in basketball season. Last night is unforgivable when the committee looks at it. And you've basically taken the words out of my mouth. I came into this sorry, dude. It, oh, I came into this segment with a couple of, of words. I mean, Sunday, you said it. You took that, that word right out of my mouth. Disappointing was Sunday. That's how you felt 
leaving it, and I went with alliteration for last night's game. Last night was demoralizing. There's a difference between disappointment and, and demoralization. You were demoralized as a Husker basketball fan last night, and I was going to go the same way as you did with, with what it means for Fred. While you can see it, you can see it, you can see it on Fred's face, bud. Where he's like, "What? What am I watching?" Last night by itself was not a fireable offense, but it's no. the kind of game that gets coaches fired, not just at Nebraska, all across Everywhere. the country. That's the kind of game, and it's the first tally mark that I'm sure Trev is making this season in terms of whenever he's making a decision at the end of the year, which it looks like there is going to be a decision. Maybe Fred can turn around. I don't think Fred deserves to get fired in season no matter what happens over the next couple of weeks or next month. I don't think you do that to him. I don't think it's going to save your season by any means. I think you let him ride out and you give him a chance to coach a guy that's coached in the NBA. Give him a chance to coach up these guys. I mean, it is a group of the, the, the two sides was, one, it's an experienced group. It's a group that's played a lot of college basketball. It's a, it's a mature group. The other side, it's a group that has not played a lot of basketball together. And maybe you got a little bit ahead of yourself with the 7-0 and start against easy competition. You know what? They've put it all together. I think there is still time for this team to put some things together, but there was a lot of warning signs in that game last night that showed me this year isn't going to be it. This no, year is it, not going to work. And, and I'm going to give there's Fred the benefit faith. of the doubt. I'm there's, give, there's zero faith, right? I'll give Fred a little bit of the benefit of the doubt to say, hey, you know what? This is a team that was kind of thrown together through the portal, a lot of portal pieces, trying to make them work together. Going to give it some time there, but there is a lot of warning signs with last night's game from rebounding to intensity. Uh, I mean, just everything in the second half that could have gone wrong did go wrong. You couldn't find a guy that could stop the bleeding. I mean, you have Kase Tomonaga that's putting up five shots total in a game, 0 for 5. He's a guy that you need to step up whenever Minnesota makes a run. And you know what? Minnesota's are on a run. We need you to just get a bucket any means you can in order to stop the bleeding and get us something back. Get us some form of momentum. Stop this momentum from Minnesota. You need a, a guy like that to, to do that. You need Bryce Williams, a guy that's played a lot of college basketball, to be more mature. I know you're the lead scorer at your last stop, but you need to realize in the second half, they're playing you differently. You can't just put your head down and get to the bucket like you were in the Run first Run them over, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many issues with that performance last night. Demoralizing is how I left, or how I felt watching that game, because I'll be honest, I went and took the dogs on a walk when Nebraska's up 17. I said, I'll check back in in the second half, come back home, and it's 44-44, and I asked, what the hell happened? I'm making dinner, and it's, it's hilarious. Like, I know how this is going to go. You're up 17, they cut it to 12, they cut it to 10, they cut it to 8, and, and you're, you're staring at the ref, whimpering for a call. That's, that's, that's Tomanaga, mm. and, and it, he is awesome at being boisterous and having all sorts of emotion when things are going right. Dude, make a play. Don't look for a call. Box somebody out, right? You got to play both ways and, and figure it out. Uh Jawan Gary is an incredible physical specimen. And, dude, he's had a couple of bad nights defensively. Really bad. And it it looks like there's zero effort. And I know that I pray that's not the case for him. He's too good for that. And then you got Alec. Alec's running around, bumping into folks, but can't grapple away a rebound. Bad night, bad half. Get it. They can make make it right Sunday. Problem is that bandwagon's half full now. Because that's what Nebraska basketball is. If they're good and uh, there's some spark early, bandwagon's full. There's a waiting line for the bandwagon. Uh, Then suddenly uh, you come back down to earth. That bandwagon's a little bit lighter. I have minimal faith in this this, this basketball team to get right against Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Michigan State's a lot of things. 
They're challenged offensively. That's one of them. But they're not soft. They're not weak. They're not timid. And that was 20 minutes of what I saw last night. This, soft both physically and mentally. Well, just get, well your coach with uh, telling the, the world that I got a bunch of older guys that have experienced a ton of basketball, he can't imagine ever uttering. Well, we got to be stronger with the ball. <laughs> you let an awful team in Minnesota whip you physically. Football's on the way. Bill Bender coming up on Hale Varsity.